NISBA's President's Gavel Podcast is supported by the College Board, a mission-driven organization that connects students to college success and opportunity. Learn more at collegeboard.org. The reopening of schools has been accompanied by anxiety, frustration, and concerns regarding the health, safety, and academic progress of students. When stakes are high and issues are emotionally charged, it's imperative that board members communicate effectively to create clarity, provide positive reassurance, and to preserve trust among the community. My name is Darcy Dercoli, Director of Leadership Development at the New York State School Boards Association. And on this episode of the President's Gavel, we discuss schools under pressure, communicating when the stakes are high. Let's call this meeting to order. I'd like to start by introducing my guest, Mr. Scott Levy. Scott is a current board member and the immediate past president of the Byram Hills Central School District in Armonk, New York, just north of White Plains, adjacent to the Connecticut border. Scott is also the executive director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence in the Yale Child Study Center. Scott, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure, Darcy. It's great to be with you. Thank you. So, Scott, at Yale, I know you've done some recent studies, and in particular, uh, one study where you wrote an article recently on the pandemic's toll on school leaders and found in the study that many of our educators are experiencing lots of anxiety, as well as frustration and stress in recent months. And I'm wondering, Scott, if you and I can talk a little bit about some of those stressors when the emotions are high. I'm happy to share with you in the study that you mentioned over the summer, which specifically looked at, it was actually in the, in the spring and then we published on it in the summer, it looked at building administrators um, across New York City. And we had a thousand administrators, principals, assistant principals that shared with us um, how they felt during the course of the pandemic and the remote schooling that happened in the spring. And as you mentioned, 95% of the respondents um, had stated negative emotions as to be expected, but the one that really stood out glaringly was anxiety. And anxiety at the root of it is you know, just really dealing with uncertainty and not knowing what's coming next. And I think the epiphany for me out of this study as a school board member um, is that these leaders, when asked what would solve their anxiety issues, or it's not, nothing in this environment is going to solve anxiety, but what will help them better adapt to the current environment and try to be as effective as possible in their important roles as being stewards of these schools and, and serving um, students, uh, they look to leadership. And they look to leadership for many different things, including transparency, including a clear goal and vision that tries to you know, work through this very difficult time. And I thought about my role as a, as a school board member and, and as um, a fiduciary and, and a governance um, you know, member of, of my district, thinking how important it is that um, despite the fact that um, it's a very emotionally difficult time for all of us, we need to be focused on you know, moving our districts forward in, in the most safe and productive manner. And when I think about what um, the emotionally charged climate um, does to um, you know, my role as a board member, I really think about it maybe in, in two buckets. One is decision-making, and then the other is 
is just how to maintain you know, well-functioning board dynamics and communication, to your point, to the broader community. Mm -hmm. So um, what we need to do is we need to think about the fact that we're making decisions at a very fast pace, and many of us are making decisions that we never thought we would really have to make as board members. I don't think too many board members were elected thinking that they were going to deal with these public health-related issues, these health and safety issues right. that we're all dealing with right now. And so yeah. it's super critical to be very you know, mindful of our own emotions and how that comes into the boardroom and how if we're aware of them, it's going to allow us to make um, you know, better decisions based on data, based on input from experts, and, and help us you know, push our districts forward in, in a, in a you know, really productive way. The second piece um, is about communication and well-functioning boards. And what I would say on that is that in an environment like this where you know, we are in a crisis and we are facing these monumental um, issues, we, just, we need to realize that the same things that make a board function really well are even more important in this environment. Because if there are weaknesses in the underlying you know, um, dynamics of our boards, they tend to come out in these crises and they're very obvious. So what are some of those examples? It could be a board that micromanages too much. It could be a board that, um, that, does not, um, that is not uh, close to sort of the government's responsibilities that it has enough, maybe on the opposite end of micromanagement. It could be that there's conflict between you know, board members and rather than having a productive debate and relationship um, you know, that comes out in a, in a negative and unproductive way. Um, any of those things are possible in an environment like this. And so the best practices that the, school, the New York State School Board Association always tries to teach us, I think, are just incredibly important in this current environment. Right, absolutely. And I, I do think that you're right. When we have emotions that are heightened and we're not aware of the emotional state that we have been in, we tend to allow that to influence our communication with people that we're interacting with. Say a community member comes forward with a criticism or a complaint. How well can we as board members be able to have that mindfulness moment before we respond so that we know that we're responding in the best way possible to continue to foster that level of community confidence. So Scott, as we look at, you know, what are some of those best practices for board members so that their community can really have confidence in the work we're doing at the governance table? What, what would you say to them? So I, the first, I think, thing I would say is it is perfectly natural in this environment for um, board members um, of the same board to potentially you know, listen carefully to all the information and input all of the data and come to slightly different conclusions on the best path forward. And if that is the case, then we do have a mechanism, an appropriate mechanism for having that debate, that discussion at the board table in a productive way. If it's a publicly, you know, if, if it's an item that needs to be out in public, then it's going to be at a public meeting. If it fits the criteria of an executive session, then it'll be an executive session. But that, that is certainly an appropriate part of, of a functioning governance body. Having said that, um, when um, we are out, you know, talking to community members, when we are out, um, you know, in, in our individual capacities, um, in, in different ways, shapes, and forms um, with, you know, different constituencies, it, it certainly is important to make sure that people understand, to your point, that 
there was an appropriate process for this and there was you know debate and discussion and thought and input and data and now we have a plan and we're going to move you know forward with our plan and all be together um, with confidence to try to execute it in the best manner possible because ultimately if if we are um, splintered out there then it's going to weaken our ability to do whatever plan we're doing with the most effectiveness um, and and the most uh, you know, the most efficacy. And at the end of the day, if there are pieces of the, of the plan that, you know, we may feel differently about, then again, we have the board table to have those, you know, appropriate discussions at, at the appropriate time. Um, the other thing I think that's really important to keep in mind is that um, in, in any community, there's often, you know, social media channels, and there's mm -hmm. lots of rumor and conjecture right. out there that may or may not be based on fact. And it is so tempting when something is not based on fact to intervene in that. And, and I think that, um, at least from my perspective, the best practice tends to be not to do that um, because I do think it sets a, a problematic precedent. And if there is something that's widespread out there in the community that, that is not factually based and, is, and, is, and somebody's making an incorrect assumption, then it could be appropriate for you know, the administration to obviously get more information out there. Going back to our point before that, I think we both made about transparency being critical. Um, so there could be a, a mechanism to get information out there, but you know, typically you want that mechanism to be really thoughtful, whether it's the administration sending out a note or a video or whether it's at a board meet at a public board meeting where there's a discussion. But I think to respond on social media um, or, you know, or deep in the bowels of, of Facebook to comments um, would not be uh, a best practice, at least, you know, at least in my, in my view. Right. Right, absolutely. Certainly, we know that uh, social media can have many tangential threads to it that often can lead to misinformation or not complete information. Um, and so not engaging, yes, is a best practice, but perhaps uh, making your superintendent aware of it, maybe from the district, they would like to correct the information in whatever format they would think is appropriate. And for the board to continue to stay on message with the superintendent's district's message about, you know, what the plan is, what the response is to whatever the question or concern might be, so that there's a unity of consistent communication which is really important when we have so much uh, information flowing and, and facts that, you know, are new facts or new information. Um, it's important that the board stay consistent with the district in messaging about the correct message or the correct facts so that the community can be reassured as to what's the right information. No so, question about it, because if you had, um, if it were a board of five or a board of seven and there were five or seven stories out there, you can imagine the frustration and the confusion that it would cause. I also think that there's a really important role in every community, especially during these times, um, for feedback. And that could be feedback on the educational practices as it relates to online learning. It could be feedback on basic health and safety measures. I think we're all going to learn a lot from our communities. The question is, how to do that in a manner that is organized and thoughtful and productive and also how to do it so that you're not getting the outlier view, that you're truly trying to siphon through what um, are important um, you know, real themes versus what might be one person's opinion that doesn't represent you know, the vast majority of the community members. That's a difficult thing to do. And I think that every local district 
will ultimately make its own decision on what's right for, for them. It could be through um, you know, administrators um, putting out surveys by school or by district. That could be appropriate at different right. points in time. I know a lot of schools down in our region um, did that at the end of the spring, especially with online learning or over the summer as it relates to reopening plans. Um, that may not be right for every district, but certainly it plays an important role for many. It could be at board meetings where um, community members come, and I think that they should, of course, be listened to very carefully, and, and all feedback you know, is important. Um, and it could be, finally, um, like we talked about before, through that chain of command, because if there are issues that pop up in a classroom or in a school, it may very well be more productive, let alone appropriate, to send um, those individuals in the community directly to that teacher or to the principal so that those issues can be dealt with at that, you know, at the, at the immediate level of, of where they're cropping up, because um, that they'll be able to do that much quicker than a board member ever could. So I think all of those, all of those things are important as we head into, you know, deeper into the fall. Yes, very well said, Scott. Uh, this has been a great, great conversation. And my hope is that our listeners will take to heart some of the suggestions that we have spoke about today. And of course, sticking to the principles of good governance is even more important now than ever. So once again, I want to thank Scott Levy, our director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, and also uh, he is the immediate past president of the Byram Hills Central School District. So thank you again, Scott. We really appreciate your time here. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. We're all learning as we go along. I would also like to thank the NISBA talent who works behind the scenes to produce this episode. Thank you to Megan DeGenero, Al Marlin, and Alyssa Maelo. If you liked what you heard today, want to share a comment, or if you have an idea for a future podcast, we want to hear from you. Email me at thepresidentsgavel at nisba.org. My name is Darcy Dercoli, Director of Leadership Development at the New York State School Boards Association, and this has been a production of the President's Gavel. And this meeting is now adjourned. Mm -hmm.